today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. I think that's what helps prepare those guys for the next level. They're used to that. Uh, they're used to the hours, used to lifting. They're used to the long, grinded out practices. Uh, and, and I think that's why most of his guys are successful at that next level uh, because they're used to that. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Member Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them, what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community relationships and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the final four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership. Welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches Member Spotlight. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Fulcrum Tech, the best video editor on the market. Uh, Pat, I'm sure you're like me. You probably used everything during your long coaching career from you yeah. know, every product out there. Fulcrum is uh, better than anything I've used. Uh, I've had a chance to get my hands on it and it's a fraction of the cost. So um, whether you're looking to just up your program's uh, tech capacity or uh, and or you're looking to save a few dollars with budgets being you know cut due to COVID, um, definitely give our guys at Fulcrum Tech uh, a look. Uh, you can go to their website or follow them on social media. It's Fulcrum Tech without the H at the end, because apparently that's the that's the cool way to spell it. Uh, and hit them up. Let them know that Rising Coaches sent you. Uh, do take thirty minutes out to do a little demo, and you'll be amazed at all the stuff you can do with their product, uh, their video editor, and how much money you can save for your program. So, uh, if you're trying to be a hero in the eyes of your administration or your head coach, uh, hit them up. Uh, okay. Uh, let's get to it. Very excited about our guest today, Pat Monahan, assistant coach at Southern Illinois. Pat, what's up, man? How are you? Doing good, Adam. Doing good. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, obviously, 
actually every morning I work out at 6 a.m. and I listen to uh, previous coaches, podcasts, and so it helps me get through my work early morning workouts. So uh, I'm excited to be on. I love it. I'm surprised we don't put you to sleep, but I appreciate you saying that. No, it's all it's all good insight. It's all good well, insight. Well, good. Um, well, let's get right to the good stuff, man. You played um, two years at Harper Community College and two years at Lewis. You got we we ask everybody. You got to give me the scouting report. Uh, if I'm playing against Pat, how am I how am I guarding you? Long long time ago, uh, I was a below average athlete. Uh, I would say uh, I was. Tough, tough as nails. Uh, that goes with a little crazy too. Uh, but obviously, uh, shoot the basketball. Uh, and throughout the course of my career, probably I would say I improved off the bounce uh, every year. But uh, it only took me to Division Two level. It was great though. Uh, obviously, uh, I was fortunate to play for a guy, uh, Kyle Green, uh, who was obviously he just he just moved over to Iowa State. Uh, but uh, it was. Uh, it was, it was from a scouting report standpoint. I mean, I probably maxed out my athletic ability uh, I mean, right after I got done playing. Uh, I, I still do play today, though. I do still you? think sometimes, oh, yeah. I, I, sometimes I'll jump in there with practice and uh, bang with the bigs a little bit. So, yeah, you guys uh, have a pretty like young and athletic staff there at SIU. Do you guys have staff pickup games at all or, or not, not so much? No, we don't have, we don't have staff pickup games. Uh, we, we don't, uh, I mean, we, uh, we grind it out a lot here, uh, but we have a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, uh, with scouting practice, uh, sometimes we'll jump in at practice. I mean, we, like this year we were so injury heavy this year. So, I mean, some of those coaches, we had to jump in with some of the COVID protocols where we couldn't have some of our managers. Uh, I mean, we're fortunate to have a couple of GAs that practice with us too. But, uh, I mean, I'm one of the assistants that, uh, usually practices the most. Uh, actually, if, uh, crazy story. I mean, our first year summer we got here with workouts, first week into workouts, uh, one of our assistants, Javon Maiman, actually went down and towards Achilles. Uh, and uh, so after that, I, I was always kind of leery of before practice. I mean, I'm stretching now. I mean, I would just sometimes <laughs> jump in there and seeing that firsthand. Uh, that kind of made my stomach turn, made me really think about things. Uh, as far as just jumping in and practicing, especially at my age now. Aging uh, but, is a uh, real thing, Pat. For it, sure. It, it sure is. It sure is. For sure. Uh, yeah. Are you the best? Is it fair to say you're the best shooter on your coaching staff? Can anyone on the staff outshoot you? Uh, I mean, Brendan, Brendan is pretty good. Uh, Brendan can really shoot the basketball. Brian, obviously, he was known for his defense and toughness and his passing ability. Uh, but uh, I would say Brendan, Brendan can really shoot the ball. And, Growing up, actually, I mean, in the summertime, when Brennan was in uh, college and I was in college, we would play pickup together a lot in the summertime. We were both from the Chicago land area and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, we played against each other a lot in the summers. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, wh- at what point, Pat, did you know that you wanted to coach? Is that something you knew growing up or during your playing career? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, just through AU and and, and – uh, high school and stuff. My dad always, my dad coached, uh, he coached me. He didn't coach me in high school, uh, but growing up and stuff, he coached me. Uh, and uh, I grew up on the North side of Chicago and, uh, I just felt like, I mean, wasn't sure if I wanted to coach at the high school level or really didn't know what the college level was about until what I, until I really was left junior college, went to Lewis, played there for two years. 
Uh, and then, I mean, probably going into my senior year, uh, I was like, you know what, I need either need to go to the business side of my degree of sport management, sport administration, or try uh, try the college coaching route. And so, my senior year uh, of college uh, got done playing. I've talked obviously with Kyle Green uh, and stuff, and he helped me get my start uh, as as a GA at Wayne State in Nebraska, D two school. Right yes. after I got to point, literally three days after I graduated college, I moved out to Wayne, Nebraska. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So it was like instant, like uh, the same week. How did you get that yeah. opportunity? Was it, it? Uh, it was through Kyle Kyle Green, uh, who the head coach at the time out there at Wayne State was Rico Burkett. He uh, worked for Greg McDermott uh, at Wayne State, and then when Greg McDermott left Wayne State. Uh, to move on, I think he took the North Dakota State job. That's when Rico Burkett got the job at Wayne State. He was there for 11 years, uh, and Kyle knew Rico because obviously working working under Mac and stuff, and uh, moved on to uh, fortunate to get that job at Wayne State. It was it was kind of crazy because I grew up in Chicago my whole life, moving out to Wayne, Nebraska, a town of 5,000 people, uh, which was kind of a culture shock for me at first. But it was great to actually get away uh, and start what I really wanted to do. Yeah, and then you go from there to um, Coffeyville Community College, one of the best, you know, JUCO situations in the country. Uh, was it Coach? Was it Coach Herc or Coach Herc? Yeah, Coach, yeah, yeah, Coach Herkelman. Yep, Herc. Herc, uh, yeah. Fortunate to learn. Yeah, I don't know Herc at all, but I've heard like stories. Obviously, he's a legend, uh, JUCO Hall of Famer. What was it like? You tell me about him because I really don't don't know much about him. Yeah, Herc. I mean, he's he's great. I mean, you know, he's been there for. 26 years now, I believe, uh, as, as the head coach. Uh, and he's a big family man, big time golfer. Uh, I mean, he literally golfs. I mean, if you're on his staff, you have to play golf. Like he, he literally bought me, brought me the application membership from the country club uh, to apply so I could play golf. And I literally, we literally played like four days a week. We played golf four days a week. And uh, it was uh, it was great. Uh, but Herc is, uh, I mean, he's Juco through and through. Um, he's had some great teams. Uh, he's consistent every single year. That's what that's what amazes me uh, is the consistency year in and year out. Uh, but I mean, he's such a routine oriented guy. Uh, he knows what he wants. He really doesn't change. Uh, but uh, it's uh, it's a nice setup that he has there. There's a reason why he's 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 successful. He doesn't he doesn't really deviate from what he knows uh, has got him to to that point. Uh, he's changed his coaching style over over the years, but uh, as far as the type of guys that he recruits uh, and what he looks for in in, in recruits uh, is is what makes him successful. Yeah, I I spent a couple of years at College of Central Florida under Tim Ryan, and similar deal. You know, another Hall of Famer, um, consistent every single year. And the thing that was amazing to me is like, you know, like each year you're basically starting over with a new roster. I know everyone at the division one level is freaking out because they, you know, all the turnover, but like Juco coaches do that every year and to get them playing at that level, you know, year in, year out. um, Like what, was there anything you took away like uh, that, that hurt does like first day of practice every year or just like within the first week or first month, like how does he take a group of new guys and get them playing together so quick? Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is that, I mean, his first month month of practice, I mean, we're practice a three three and a half hour practice. I mean, he's 
we're in there and we practice every day at 3.30 and usually the first month, first few weeks, we wouldn't be out till seven o'clock. So, I mean, for the guys to understand that grind uh, through the season, uh, the start of the season and then continued all the way through March, uh, obviously he, he, light, he lightens up practice as the season goes, but uh, he really challenges guys uh, mentally and physically to start the season because you have practice with Juco, you could, you could, you could start when I was there. I mean, you could start October 1st. So you're practicing for basically a month uh, and you got a few jamborees uh, in that built in during that time of October. Uh, and I think that's what helps prepares those guys for the next level. They're used to that. Uh, they're used to the hours you used to lift them. They're used to the long grinded out practices. Uh, and, and I think that's why most of his guys are successful at that next level uh, because they're used to that. And now, a quick break to talk about our partners at Dr. Dish. As off-season approaches, it's the perfect time to upgrade your training equipment. At Rising Coaches, we highly recommend you to check out our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball. They are undoubtedly the best and most innovative training machines. Their newest model for schools, the Dr. Dish CT, is a complete game changer. It has a touchscreen that plays training videos, tracks stats by location, and incorporates on-demand workouts and drills from the top programs and trainers in the world. Check them out at drdishbasketball.com or on social media at drdishbball. Mention Rising Coaches before you purchase and receive an additional $300 off your next order. Um, did you enjoy your time at, at JUCO? Like, was that a, a fond experience looking back on it? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I love JUCO uh, from the standpoint because you have to do everything. Uh, I, I mean, it was obviously, I mean, I was fortunate to be at a place like Coffeeville, uh, where at the time of the Jayhawk, you could only have five out of staters. So on Tuesday and Friday nights, you're driving to Wichita, you're driving to Kansas City, uh, you're driving uh, all over the place to really recruit in state because you're trying to sign the best in state kids possible that are going to go junior college. Uh, and then you really have to then branch out nationally with your five, with obviously your five out of staters. Uh, but uh, I, I just thought, I mean, junior college is, is like I said, it's great because you can do everything. Uh, and, and truthfully, like like a lot of lower levels, like Division Two, you only have a head coach, assistant coach, and usually a GA. So I mean, you're doing every you're doing everything from scouting reports, you're doing everything from potential scheduling, academics, uh, teaching on the floor, player development, uh, in-game prep. Like so. Uh, I tell a lot of guys all the time, coaching at lower levels, especially when you're young, to get all that experience uh, from recruiting to everything that I mentioned, uh, it's it's invaluable. It's invaluable, and it prepares you for that opportunity when uh, you want to try to move up your career or try to move up, try to get on staff that maybe is a first time first time staff that you're trying to maybe latch on now you can sell a lot of the experiences that, that you've had and come across. So that's, that's kind of what I try to relate to a lot of young coaches and stuff, uh, trying to just get into it. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and there's no right or wrong path. Everyone's, everyone right. does it their own way. And, right. but like, you know, if you come up just through like the division one rank, if that's important to you, you know, you're going to spend the first five to 10 years of your career in the support staff role. And sure. then one day you're going to get the call from the bullpen like we need you to be an assistant and you're going to have never done it before. Uh, right. So there's something to be said for like, you know, the small college route and getting your hands dirty at a young age. I know one thing that people, you know, 
uh, are often scared of or whatever a concern is like, okay, if I go to a low level, but I ultimately want to coach division one, how do I jump back and forth? Um, you've done that, you know, through your career, you, you jumped from Coffeyville to Loyola. Then I think maybe Minnesota state to Milwaukee. So you've done it multiple yeah. times. Uh, how do you keep the relationships alive and like, how were you able to kind of go back and forth between levels? Yeah. I mean, uh, number one, I never got caught up in levels. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, and I mean, I think so many guys can get caught up in levels, but I think the the biggest thing is no matter where you're at, just try to do the best job that you can and try to be, try to be a star in it, try to make a name for that coach that you work for, that program that, 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 that you're working for, the university that you're working for. And if, if you can do that and really have uh, 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 a plan in, in, in place and not worry about what you, what the next step is, the next job is, and more so worry about getting this next win, preparing your team for this next game, uh, recruit recruiting, uh, like if you can get a recruit that you might not be able to get at this level. Like, so focus on what is uh, in front of you. Uh, and obviously winning, winning helps. Uh, and if you can concentrate on that, uh, I really think everything else takes care, care of itself. I really believe that. And then trying to think of different ways to uh, continue to stay networked. Uh, like, I mean, every time, I mean, I, I was, when division ones couldn't go out and I was at the D2 level, I mean, I would hit a bunch of guys saying, Hey, do you need me to watch anybody? Right. I'd have a lot of guys hit me saying, Hey, can you watch this kid, this, this kid and this kid. And then, Give them, give them, give them an evaluation uh, and stuff. Or like when I was at Minnesota State, and it's crazy because it was, I mean, it was ten years, ten years ago now. Being at Minnesota State, where we recruited all transfers at Minnesota State. I mean, uh, and the transfer market wasn't the way it was this year, or like it is now in college basketball. Uh, so like, I mean, people would be hitting me about transfer. Hey, who are the transfers out there? What transfers are leaving? Uh, because that's all we really recruited at when I was at Minnesota State, uh, besides uh, a few high school kids. Uh, and I just felt like continuing to stay uh, uh, relevant uh, and continue to get your name out there. Texting guys that after wins that you see on, on the ticker, hey, great win. Uh, so big time win tonight. So, I mean, just thinking of different ways to continue to develop those relationships. Uh, and it's just like anything. It's just like recruiting. You got to work at relationships you got to work at because you never know if if uh, if you're going to need that person uh down the line or that person's going to need you i mean like this year's been tough with a lot obviously a lot of turnover with staffs and stuff i mean i mean there's a lot of guys that i'm hitting that just checking on hey how you doing can i help you with and hey if i see an opening or hear an opening i'll just shoot him a text hey this here's a spot i mean check it out like if, if you have but so it's it's just I mean, helping other guys because you never know when uh, you're going to need the help. Uh, I mean, I've been obviously I've been on the staff when we were at Lucko at Loyola uh, with Coach Whitesell when I was there for one year. Uh, so, but uh, it's uh, you got to work at it every single day, and uh, I mean, it, it's hard. It's really hard, but winning's hard. And I tell guys that all the time. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be good, you got to carve out ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day. However. Whatever it is, you're laying in bed at night, you can't sleep, send out three texts to guys. You might not get a response back in the morning, but uh, you're going to keep that connection alive. Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. Um, 
Okay. You've had a lot of stops, so we're not going to go through them all, but I think I kind of alluded to it. Um, you went Coffeyville to Loyola as the ops, uh, then Minnesota State. You were there for, I think, six years as an assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Longest I've ever been in a play. <laughs> yeah, and I was. I'm, I want to get back to that in a second. Um, but then you spent two years at, at UW-Milwaukee, and then obviously you've been at SIU now uh, for two years going on three, right? Um, so, okay, six years at Minnesota State. That's a long time for anybody to be at one spot in this business. And, like, I don't know if you can relate, but, like, I think a lot of people can. I used to, like, get antsy. You know what I mean? Like, not that I didn't love where I was at, uh, but, you know, it's a profession that you're constantly climbing the ladder and, you know, we all want to be head coaches one day. Um, did you ever feel that? And if so, like, how, how do you, like, ground yourself? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, like, I was there for six years and uh, it was kind of unique because I just, we just got let go at Loyola and I'm 20, 28, first time. I mean, I'm still obviously trying to climb. I got the Division One level, we got let go. Uh, and, uh, I knew Minnesota state. I mean, it was a top D two school in the country. Coach Morton Taylor has been there for 20 years now. He, I mean, he's had success. It's a great university. It's easy to recruit to. It recruits itself at times, but, uh, I actually had, I coached my brother there for three years. Uh, he was there for three years. He transferred from South Dakota state. Uh, and then we won, I mean, we won my first year there. Uh, they just came off final four. I got hired and, and I think it was, middle of May, they already signed everybody. Uh, so it was like, we won seven games that year. So coach more than he brought me, I mean, my main priority was to recruit. That's what the position was. And uh, so I knew I, we had a task at hand. And it was his first losing season in like 10 years. And uh, so then all of a sudden, I mean, we won 28 games that next year. We won 30 games that year after that. And that was 24. I mean, we had two all Americans uh, and, Throughout that time, I mean, I had a couple opportunities to 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 leave to get back to Division One level. Uh, however, like, I mean, I, I had a great quality of life. I was making pretty good money, uh, and we were winning. Like, we were winning, and so the next challenge for me was like, we lost we lost all our guys. I mean, we were top ten, top fifteen, basically for three years, three years in a row. And then I wanted a challenge of okay. My bro, I, we lost all these guys, had to go out and recruit a whole new team. And so had to re- recruit, obviously, at a high level. And I still wanted to prove that we can still make the NCAA tournament after losing all these guys. And we did that. We won 24 games that year, made the NCAA tournament. And to consistently do that uh, for four straight years, uh, I, it's, that was tough to do. Uh, but I really, I mean, there, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's times for me to leave, but I knew I had a great spot where I was at, was at, I wasn't caught up on level. I mean, I could recruit. I mean, I just felt like, I mean, people were noticing that we were winning and stuff. And, uh, I knew I wasn't going to leave until it was the right opportunity and to, to leave. Uh, so to me, that was more important was winning really is continuing to establish myself, uh, before I just wanted to potentially jump at the next opportunity so uh, i just felt like it had to be the right opportunity yeah really good stuff um and obviously like winning as always helps <laughs> uh, for sure uh okay tell us a little bit okay obviously uh coach mullins is from loyola 
uh, Loyola's, everyone talks culture, right? But like Loyola's actually like demonstrated culture uh, with their two incredible postseason runs this year and a few years ago uh, when they went to the final four. So like, uh, I know that that's like what you guys are establishing there at SIU and you're building uh, your program, I, I would guess, similar to the, the same blueprint as yep. as uh, Coach Moser did at, at Loyola. Talk to me about that. Like, how is it different than what anyone else is doing? And what are you guys like uh, really like about and, and on a day to day basis? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that we concentrate on is just get better today. That's it. We don't we don't talk about uh, the next day or the week or the month. Like we just talk about get better today. And we do that as a staff. Uh, we do that with our players. Uh, we do that with our recruits. Uh, and the two things I think we really focus on is player relationships and player development. Those two things. And meaning get better every single day is with player relationships with our guys, touching our guys somehow. And then the development of our guys, if it's sending them a motivational clip, if it's watch, coming up to the office and watching film, if it's getting an extra work. Uh, and now, I mean, you got to recruit to that, too. You got to I mean, you got to recruit to guys that love to grind it out, that have a chip on their shoulder, that want to get better every single day. Uh, because if I mean, if you're going to talk about it every single day, uh, you got to have guys that are going to live it every single day, too. So I think that's the biggest thing that we try to focus on as a program and coach does an unbelievable job of that, of uh, focusing on that and getting better every single day. Uh, and uh, that's why we've had some success here, uh, especially when we've just taken over in, in the last 24, 24 months. I love it. Okay. Um, all right. Before we let you go, Pat, give us like the best uh, what maybe the best lesson you've learned in your coaching career or the best piece of advice you can give to somebody who's uh, who's, you know, doing the same grind. Yeah, I mean, probably the best the best thing is, I mean, just try to be the best uh, person that you can be at, at your job. And I think there's so many guys that get caught up that move into the next uh, next job or that, but I take pride in knowing your value. You got to know what your value is. And, uh, me, uh, like I said, unbelievable pride in every person that I've worked for, every head coach I've worked for, I can call up and, Hey, a coach, I need this, I need that. Uh, Hey, can you help me with this? Or they'll call me. Part of that is because of how I was available every single day to them. And, uh, I think the more, availability that you can be to your program, to your head coach, to your staff. Uh, I just think uh, it, it, go, it can go a long way. And uh, I, I don't think a lot of people think that way. Uh, and uh, I would say just being available on a daily basis to your staff, to your head coach, to your players, uh, that can go a long way, especially, as you know, trying to stay in this profession for a long time. I love it. Great stuff, Pat. Um, the last thing that I do want to mention, not to not to embarrass you or put you on the spot here, Pat, but Pat is is uh, sponsoring two two members, uh, two rising coaches, which is such a, a a generous, you know, gesture by you to give back and and you know pay for guys' opportunity to get involved with rising coaches. So um, that's going up on our, our social media accounts today. Uh, if you're interested in a in a membership, a free membership compliments of Pat, uh, 
we, we appreciate it. Just hit us up on social media. There's a form that we'll post uh, that you can fill out for an opportunity to do that. But I uh, just want to thank you for, for being willing to give back and invest in some other people's careers. For sure. For sure. I mean, that's, that's what we do as coaches. Uh, that's what we do for our players. And I mean, I think uh, if you can do that for someone who's trying to break in the profession or trying to stay in the profession, uh, I just think it's uh, an, an invaluable thing that uh, you can be a part of for help somebody down the road. Well, we appreciate it, Pat. And thanks for jumping on for with sure. us today. What is it? Is it go dogs? No, is that what we say up there? Go, yeah, go dogs. Let's go. Go dogs. Go. All right. Thanks, Pat. All right. Thanks, Adam. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.